Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Grace Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Father, we pray that you will teach us your way. Help us to move in step with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please sit down. Uh, this topic is very dear to my heart. A study on the prayer life of Jesus Christ. My daughter has sent a disclaimer that whenever I break down my sermon, she knows I never finish. So she doesn't even expect me to finish. That's a bad habit. But the, my intention is for you to go and finish up when I don't finish the sermon. Whenever you are studying the Bible and you are doing a topical study, you need what we call the five W's and one H. That is what, why, when, where, who. Which, how. So, we are going to try to look at the topic along the lines, number one, why did Jesus pray? Number two, how did Jesus pray? Number three, when did Jesus pray? Number four, where? Did Jesus pray? Number five, what did Jesus pray about? And if we have time, we will try to do some application. So, I never tire of telling Christians that we need to get our focus right. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, Fix your eyes on Jesus. 1 John chapter 2 verse 6 says, Anyone who says he abides in Jesus ought to walk even as he walked. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 to 23. He says, this is the reason you have been called. Christ suffered for us, 
leaving us an example that we should walk in his steps. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. Be imitators of me even as I am of Christ. Romans 8.29 Those whom God foreknew, he predestined that they should be conformed to the image of his son. So that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 We all with unveiled open face beholding us in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are being changed into the same image from one degree of glory to another by the Spirit. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19. My little children in whom I travail till Christ be formed in you. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27. As many as have been baptized into Christ Jesus have put on Christ. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 to 3. Beloved, Behold what manner of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And his children we are. The world doesn't know us because it does not know him. And we too do not know what we shall be like. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And anyone who has this hope in himself, purifies himself even as he is pure. Now, these passages and more show us in no uncertain terms that heaven expects us to copy and imitate Jesus Christ. Another thing too which scares a lot of people is that we say, oh, but that's Jesus. If the, oh, well, that's Jesus. Well, Jesus. But the scripture is clear that John chapter 1 verse 14, that the word became flesh, dwelt among us. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5, he says, let this mind be in you which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of a born servant. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death of the cross. Hebrews chapter 2 Verse 11 says that the one who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are from the same stock. This is why he was not ashamed to call us brothers. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 says, Just as the brothers had flesh and blood, he himself also took flesh and blood, that through death he would destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 and 18 say that it was necessary to make him in every way like his brothers so that he can be a merciful and faithful high priest. Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 14 to 16. He says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses 
but one who has been tempted in every way like us, yet he was without sin. So, Jesus was made in every way like us, so that we will be in every way like him. Otherwise, most of the New Testament becomes very stupid. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. How can you tell me a human being to be perfect? But that's Jesus. Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Be merciful, even as your heavenly Father is merciful. First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. Just as he who called you is holy, be holy in every manner. Ephesians 5, verse 1. It says, be imitators of God as beloved children. Why, why tell us that if it is impossible to be like Jesus? And worst of all, passages like John chapter 14, verse 12. Jesus said, anyone who believes in me, the works I do, will he do also. Greater works than this will he do. Because I'm going to the Father. John chapter 20, verse 21. Just as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. John chapter uh, 15, verse 9 and 12. He says, just as the Father has loved me, so love I you. Love one another just as I have loved you. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. Forgive one another just as God in Christ forgave you. You see? So you ask yourself, what are these people about? The standard is so high and you are asking me to, if 100% is the pass mark, uh, how do you expect me to pass this exam now? But this is exactly why we need to study the life of Jesus. Why did Jesus pray? Many Muslims are confused because they cannot, they cannot wrap their mind around the fact that Jesus is God and Jesus prayed. Who was he praying to? The Christian God, the God of the Bible, is different from the God of the Quran. The God of the Bible is one God in three persons. But the Allah of the Quran is a, a God who cannot have a son. So, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. And when he was on this earth, he was praying to his Father God in heaven. Why did Jesus pray? I want to advance for the sake of our time four key reasons why Jesus prayed. Number one, Jesus prayed because he wanted to maintain the fellowship with his father. In John chapter 17, verse 5 and verse 24, Jesus' high priestly prayer, he said, Father, Glorify me with the glory I had with you before the creation of the world. In verse 24, he said, Because you love me 
before the foundation of the earth. One of the things that Jesus revealed is that before the creation of this world, he was with the Father and there was a deep love relationship between the Father and the Son. In John chapter 1 verse 18, the Bible says, no one has at any time ever seen God. The only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has made Him known. Whenever I travel, most of my money is consumed by calls to my wife if she doesn't go with me. If I carry her with me, no problem. But if she is in Ghana, oh, the pounds just go like that. Because I want to talk with her. You know? So, Jesus' father, you see, he called him Abba, father, in Mark chapter 14, verse 36. That's the, Abba is, is the child's word for daddy, papa. And John chapter 5, verse 17 said, he said, my father is working still, and I am working. And verse 18 says, for this reason, the Jews wanted to kill him even more. Because he not only called God, he not only broke the Sabbath, but he was calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. So, there was a deep, intimate relationship between Jesus and the Father. And 49 times in the Gospel of John alone, he said, my father who sent me, he who sent me, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. My father who sent me. So he came to this earth sent by the father. He needed to touch base with his father whom he loved. Many of us find prayer difficult because there is actually no love relationship between ourselves and God. We, we, when you see a friend you love, you see, my brother in London, he is not only my brother, he is my friend. So when I go to him, when I arrive, he insists on coming to pick me at the airport. He's older than me, but he struggles to carry my suitcase and put, and I'm like, oh no. When I go, even when I'm bathing, he comes to sit and we, we are talking. You see? There is a basic love relationship between Jesus and the Father. And this love was there before the foundation of the earth. Therefore, when he comes on the earth, he prays because he needs to connect and fellowship with his Father. Why did Jesus pray? The second reason why Jesus prayed was that he came not to do his own will, but the will of his Father. And in order to accomplish the work the Father gave him, he needed to touch base with the Father for the day-to-day -day instructions about what to do. John chapter 4 verse 34, he said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. John chapter 5 verse 36, he says, The works which my Father has given me to finish. John chapter 9 verse 4, he says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night comes when no man can work. 
John chapter 6 verse 38, he said, I came from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. John chapter 8 verse 29, he said, My Father who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, because I do always the things that please him. John chapter 17 verse 4, he said, Father, I have glorified you on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. How can you finish the work God gave you to do if you are not in constant touch with his day-to-day marching orders on what you should do? This is the second reason why Jesus prayed. You see, for example, Mark 1, 35 reports that in the morning, rising up a long while before day, he went to a solitary place and there he prayed. Then verse 36 says, Peter and the other disciples were searching for him. And they found him. And they said, Master, everyone is searching for you. They want you to become their resident pastor. Then Jesus said, let us go to the other towns and preach there also. For therefore have I been sent. You see, every pastor is flattered. When LIC says, oh, come and be our pastor. We enjoyed your sermon. Why don't you stay with us? To say, no, I have been sent to Kumasi and Takradi demands a clear roadmap from the one who sent you. As he prayed, God gave him conviction about what to do. You can see that Jesus healed many blind people. But he didn't heal them with one method. Some of them he spat on the ground, made clay, and put on their eyes. And said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. Some he spat, put on their, his hands on their eyes, and they saw. Some of them he commanded, and they saw, etc. Some of them he said, according to your faith, be it unto you. And then their eyes were open. Why? He was listening to instruction from above. Jesus prayed because he wanted day-to-day guidance to know the mind of God on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year basis. The third major reason why Jesus prayed was to defeat Satan, the devil. You know, Jesus told Peter, In Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you are converted, strengthen your brothers. When Jesus was tempted 40 days and 40 nights by Satan, we are told in Luke chapter 4, verse 13 that Satan left him for an opportune time. Even Jesus, even during his 40 days fast, Satan was always around. He was always around looking for a weak spot. Adam and Eve didn't balance that out. That is why they fell and threw the whole humanity into problem. Therefore, this last Adam had to make sure that he didn't fail. And he prayed from beginning to end, so that he will overcome the devil. And when he warned Peter, and Peter didn't mind, 
When the temptation came, Peter fell honorably. You see? That's it. So Jesus prayed so that the enemy, Satan, will not have his way around him. And he tells us, watch and pray, lest you fall into temptation. And the fourth reason I want to advance why Jesus prayed is in order to have the anointing of the Spirit of God and power with God. He himself taught us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Ask, you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Anyone who seeks, finds. Anyone who asks, receives. Anyone who knocks, to him the door is open. Jesus believed in asking the Father, just like every righteous person all over the centuries in the Bible, there are some things if you don't ask God, you will never receive. James chapter 4 verse 2, he says, you desire and you do not have because you do not ask. So, power to heal the sick. Power for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon you so that you minister with the grace and, and might of heaven comes from prayer. It is prayer that releases the hand of God. If you, if you, if you allow me to put it that way. It is, it, miracles don't just happen. You see? If you like, try it. When you are asked to come and preach in LIC, don't pray. Come and preach. Next time they ask you, pray the whole night. And come and preach and see the difference. You see, after the amount of prayer you put into your life affects the impact of your ministry. Whether you are ministering to children or adults, to men or women, to students or footballers. That's it. And it's the same with Jesus. You see, Luke helps us so much. If you notice, Matthew, Mark, and even John, they tell us that when Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came on him. But Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, he says, all the people were baptized. But Jesus, after he was baptized and was praying, heaven opened. In the same way, all the Gospels, except John, report that when Jesus went to the Mount of Transfiguration, his face changed. It's Luke who tells us in Luke chapter 9 from verse 28 that they went to the mountain to pray. But as Jesus was praying, his countenance changed. It was prayer that brought down the anointing of the Spirit. It was prayer that caused Jesus' face to change. The prayer had has power. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says, when they had prayed, the place was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. So, I want to advance those four. There are some other ones, but let's, for the sake of our time, let's do justice to the other questions. So, now we have seen something about why Jesus prayed. Let's look 
take a little look at how did Jesus pray? It is important to examine how he prayed because, you know, we have Pentecostals, we have Charismatics, we have what we call the Orthodox Evangelicals, and we have the Roman Catholics. And so each group tries to define prayer. But the definition of prayer is Jesus. I want an amen to that. Because you are not following a church. You are following the one who bought you with his blood on the cross. He is the one you are following. Therefore, it is important to watch Jesus and ask yourself, how did he pray? Now, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, says that in the days of his flesh, Jesus prayed with loud cries and tears. Loud cries and tears. In Luke chapter 19, verse 41 and 42, the Bible says, when Jesus was riding on a donkey and he entered Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, if you had known, the, you see, the time of your visitation. Jesus wept in prayer. When was the last time God saw your tears? You see, you can weep crocodile tears or hypocritically like Esau and God will not mind you. It's not just tears which move him. But, if you remember Second Kings chapter 20, Hezekiah turned to the wall and wept. And God told Isaiah, go and tell Hezekiah that I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Some of us we weep when our boyfriend gives us a broken heart. We weep at funerals. We weep when uh, your bank interest does not materialize. And we weep about, you know, some things. But we can't remember when we wept in prayer. Because you, you don't pray like Jesus. And some people too feel that God is disturbed by noise. Jesus prayed with loud cries and tears. In Matthew chapter 26 from verse 39 to 45, we see Jesus falling on his knees. And Mark tells us he fell on his face in prayer to God. Luke reports in Luke 22 that when Jesus was praying, an angel from heaven came to strengthen him. And after that, you and I would stop praying. You are praying and an angel has come. And you stop. 
An angel has come to him. Then you stop. But the Bible says he prayed more earnestly until his sweat was like drops of blood falling. When was the last time you sweated in prayer? If not do so. You see? It means Jesus did not take prayer for granted. Jesus prayed. And he prayed passionately, intensely. The CCTV of heaven has not captured for us enough of how Jesus was praying in the wilderness and those things. But the, the glimpses we see show us a man who is intense in prayer. It doesn't mean he always prayed like that. Because in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, they say he was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, his disciple, one of his disciples came and said, Master, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. It means he could see Jesus was praying. And when he finished, he drew near because he had finished praying. He could see it. Now, let's answer, where, where did Jesus pray? Where did Jesus pray? Because it answers the question, where do you pray? Mark 1.35 says, And in the morning, rising up a long while before day, Jesus went to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16 says that, In those days, great multitudes came to hear Jesus, and to be healed of their sicknesses and diseases. But he often withdrew into the wilderness, to pray. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 and 13 say that in those days Jesus went out to the mountains to pray and he continued the whole night in prayer to God. When it was day, he called unto him his disciples and chose twelve. One of the things that you don't need a pair of spectacles to see about the prayer life of Jesus is he prayed in solitude. He, he searched for quiet places to be alone with God. I am amazed. It's, he does it over and over. Even Gethsemane. Eh? The eleven were, were with him. Then he left them and chose three, Peter, James, and John, and said, come, come, come aside with me, so that you can watch with me. And when he got there, he left the tree, a stone's throw, and went forward and fell on his face and prayed. Why, why didn't he just stay with them, at least the tree, alone with God, apart with God? Do you have times like that? When you set time apart and deliberately get alone to be with God, to hear Him. I don't know about you, but for me, when I'm in the midst of a crowd, 
I find it difficult to get attention, both for God and for myself. Somebody said, as often as I've been among men, I've come back less than a man. You know, because, you see, when you are among people, there is a way in which they will be talking, and they will be saying some things. You, a car is passing. You didn't want to look at it, and then you see it. And then somebody says, hey, and then some ladies dressing. The way she has made her hair, she has passed by. Then you say, hey, that hairdo. And then, so, so, at the end of the day, you came to pray, but you watched ladies' hair passing bus and things. They have recorded in your mind more than what you said. A majority of Christians don't even remember what they prayed yesterday to God. Because there, there, there was no solitude and, you know, setting yourself apart for God involved. But Jesus, even Gethsemane, in John chapter 18, the first three verses, we are told that Judas Iscariot knew where to send the soldiers to get Jesus because he often took his disciples to Gethsemane. Many times when we read the Bible, it looks to us like it was only when Jesus was going to the cross that he went to Gethsemane to pray. Wrong, 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 incorrect. He often went there to that garden. So Judas Iscariot knew that dolly dolly, I will find Jesus there. And when he went, he was there. He said, ah, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you? You can't miss it. Prayer, cove, Jesus will be there. Where was Jesus praying? He prayed on the cross. He prayed in Gethsemane. He prayed in the, on the mountains. He prayed in the wilderness. He went out to solitary places and prayed. He prayed when the disciples were around, but removed himself to pray. We must leave this one too and take a look at when did Jesus pray? Which time did Jesus pray? We've already seen Mark saying, Mark 135, that and in the morning, rising up a long while before day, he went out to a solitary place. The Greek word used there means a period between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. It was dark, but very early in the morning. Then, Matthew chapter 14, verse 23 to 25 says that after Jesus fed the multitude, the 5,000, he dismissed the crowd. And by the time it was evening, he was alone. And he asked the disciples to get into a boat and move. Then he alone went to the mountains to pray. And he continued in prayer until the fourth watch of the night when he came to the disciples walking on the lake now the Romans broke their night into four blocks the first watch 
6 to 9 p.m. Second watch, 9 to 12 p.m. Third watch, 12 midnight to 3 a.m. Fourth watch, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So Jesus prayed from about 6 p.m. round to 3 a.m. and came walking on the lake to his disciples. He prayed in the night. Now, the Luke 6, 12 said, he prayed throughout the night. Die nuktereo. It's a Greek word which means to, to, to pray through the night. In Luke chapter 21, verse 37 and 38, the Bible says, during the daytime, Jesus taught in the temple. But at night, he went out to the Mount of Olives, and he came back the next morning. And they used another Greek word, aulizomai. It means to, to, to spend the night in the open air, just like shepherds do with their flocks. So, Jesus' morning teaching ministry was backed by prayer through the night. And, of course, during the daytime, he prayed. Luke chapter uh, 9, verse 18 and 19. He says, he was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And then the Luke 11 one is also during the daytime. So it means that Jesus prayed at night. He prayed through the night. He prayed at dawn. He prayed during the daytime. He prayed always. On the cross, he prayed always. Jesus prayed. You have to understand that if anybody should not pray, it's Jesus. Because by age 12, he was boy wonder. In the temple, people were amazed at his understanding and answers. At age 12. And when his father and mother came and said, This son, we've been searching for you. Why you've been hiding here all this time? And then, uh, yeah, well, well. He said, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I must be in my father's house? I'm, I'm doing my father's business. So by 12, he knew what he was about, unlike you. You see? So here is a man who is 30. Heaven has opened. God has declared, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The Holy Spirit came upon him in the form of a dove. Please, why should Jesus pray? My answer to that is, he prayed and left us an example that we should walk in his steps. I, I want to give two more tips and then um, I can take one or two questions, then we shall pray. My number one big tip is that Jesus was made in every way like you and me. Therefore, Jesus' prayer life 
he obviously built the habit. Do you understand? No, you don't. I'm saying that he didn't come automatically to Jesus to pray. Because our mind tells us that, oh, as for Jesus, prayer was no problem. Who told you? He built the habit of prayer. At least in the newspapers, I've seen four pastors who finished 40 days fast in Ghana and died. Because they didn't break it properly. Do you understand? You can't just get up and fast 40 days and 40 nights. It's like somebody who gets up and runs marathon, 26 miles, and then you will faint. You see? It needs a lot of training, exercise, practice, and you know, do it. And after running for one mile, your body says, I can't go. You tell it, you will go. You will go. You will go. Say, I can't go. I am tired. You will go. But you do it over and over and over until time comes, you run now marathon and, and you don't die. It's the same. Prayer habit must be built. That's why it's called a prayer life. It's like memorizing Bible verses. Do you think Jesus didn't memorize Bible verses? Do you think he didn't? We, I won't argue about that today. You see? Because he was made in every way like us so that he can be a merciful and faithful high priest. He understands our weaknesses because he was sitting where we are sitting now. He had problem praying, but he built the habit. Yeah. That's it. Number two, God is Father Son and Holy Spirit. There are three persons in the Godhead. And two of them are intercessors. Romans 8, 26, 27 says, We don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities with groans which cannot be uttered. And he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Hebrews chapter uh, 7, verse 25 and 26 says, Jesus is able to save us to the uttermost because he ever lives to make intercession for us. Romans chapter 8, verse 34 says, It's Jesus who intercedes. So, out of the Godhead, three persons in one, go- one God, two are intercessors. Even after the cross, the resurrection of Jesus, now he is in glory. He is still praying. So no Christian can dodge prayer. Are you with me? Because Jesus told Peter that Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. Jesus prayed for Peter, but he fell into the temptation because he himself did not pray. The fact that Jesus is interceding for you is no guarantee that you won't fall into temptation if you won't pray yourself. The issue of prayer is critical with heaven. And you must build it yourself. Start learning how to pray until it becomes a prayer life. Do five minutes, 
do 10 minutes. Do 15 minutes. Do 30 minutes. Do. My third tip is that there are some people who say, I don't know what to pray about. Let me give you topics. Take every family member of yours. List them. Pray for them every day. Take your pastor and the council of elders. Pray for them every day. Take President Mahama and then Kwesi Emisahata, Georgina Wood. Take them and pray for them every day. The place you work at. Eh? Write down the names of the people you work, your boss and so on. Pray for them every day. You see, as you do that, you build a prayer list and you are a priest of God. You are standing. Why shouldn't you pray for Ghana? You drink its waters. You eat the kundomre that Ghana produces. And Ghana's resources were used to educate you. Why shouldn't you pray for Ghana? You are under obligation to pray for Ghana. You should. You should pray for your parents because their blood runs through you. Three out of four marks you get in the classroom. Your IQ, 75% of your IQ is from your parents. Pray for them. You have to. You owe them service. You see, there are some people you should pray for every day. And when you build the prayer list and you see the people you have to pray for, nobody will tell you that you can comfortably pray one hour every day. Because Jesus asked his disciples, could you not watch with me one hour? Is that too much? And my final tip is start small. Some people, you know, suddenly want to pray for four hours. And when you fail, then you say, oh, prayer is not for me. You see? That's not it. Everybody learns it. Yes, I said I would take two questions. Yes? Thank you very much. Um, can you speak a little bit about praying in tongues and how or praying in the Spirit? Um, in a couple of weeks, I met um, someone whom I thought was a Christian who belongs to the Reformed Project, I don't know if you've heard about that, who believe that tongues have ceased. As the Bible said, um, prophecies would continue and so on. How sh- and, I, and I believe that a lot of that misinterpretation is because of the gift has been abused by Christians. Um, how should a Christian use the gift to improve their prayer life? The whole issue of praying in tongues and speaking in unknown tongues, defines praying in the Spirit. There are only two ways of praying in the Spirit. One is when you pray in tongues. The second one is when you pray words that the Spirit of God has given you, a burden He has given you. Even if it's not in tongues, but He put the burden on you, you are praying in the Spirit. Those are the two ways to pray in the Spirit. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, there are six reasons why tongues is important and has not ceased. The first one, he says that he who prays with an unknown tongue is speaking mysteries to God. No one understands him. He is speaking mysteries to God in the spirit. That's the first thing. The second is in verse 4. He says that anyone who prays with an unknown tongue is charging his battery. He edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. The third 
is that he says, my spirit prays. Verse 14 and 15. He says, what is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with understanding. Because when I'm praying with the spirit, my spirit is praying. And when I'm singing in the spirit, my spirit is singing. So, it is in, in you, your inner man, your innermost man, prays. Now, did you hear the Romans 8, 26, 27? He said that we don't know how to pray as we ought. So the words to use, the topics to pray about, we don't have. But the Spirit has been sent to help us. With groans which cannot be uttered, He makes intercession for the saints. When you pray in an unknown tongue, you say more than your mind can say. Do you understand? Your mother is sick in the village at Kwame Krum. You have no way of knowing. Then you start praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit who is in Kwame Krum and knows your mother is sick, starts praying for your mother in your tongues. That's his job. You have no way of knowing your mother is sick. But the Spirit knows that. So he puts on your heart and through your prayer, a, a prayer which your mind could never pray, in addition to that, you pray for longer period. Because there is a time when your understanding fails. You are short of words. You are short of topics. But praying the Spirit, the Spirit keeps praying. Now, it is wrong to imagine that the gifts like speaking in tongues have ceased. Because this is the time they have come. Because he said, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. These are the last days. If, if the time of Pentecost was last days, then what are we living in now? Eh? Pentecost time was last days. What, what are we living in now? So if God was pouring his spirit in the last days, and Pentecost is last days, then we, we are in the last, last minutes. So, now that Satan is increasing his work, Al-Shabaab, Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda in Maghreb, ISIS, and Boko Haram, now that Satan is increasing his wickedness, then God will withdraw his spirit. Is he a fool? Ah, why, why do theologians mess up like that? You see, you have to ask yourself, is God thinking? Eh? The world is becoming more wicked than the church he bought with the blood of his son. He withdraws power. Is he thinking? Eh? You go and pay the dowry for a girl with your neck. They cut your neck to pay the dowry for the girl. And then when there is trouble in that zone, you withdraw power and make doom. So, and you are in charge of electricity. Eh? For the sake of that lady alone, you will increase supplies. You see? So, heaven is doing it's best now. Because God is not slow about his promises of Jesus' second coming. But he's been long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So why will he withdraw speaking in tongues now? Has he withdrawn visions and dreams? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I saw your hand. My question was about corporate prayer. If yes. we're looking at Jesus' example, where is corporate prayer? 
Yes. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20, Jesus taught that if two shall agree as touching anything on this earth, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. That's the foundation for corporate prayer. When we gather together, like right now, the presence of Jesus is greater here than when you are alone. Yes. So, husband and wife must pray because Jesus is there. And the prayer is more powerful. Yes. But, you see, the way Jesus himself operated ministry, that's why you don't see him organizing a prayer meeting between himself and Peter. Look at the sleep, the way they slept. Peter, oh, it's okay. Let's forgive him. So now, we are going to pray. All I want you to ask God is, help me to imitate the prayer life of Jesus. Say it over and over. In Gethsemane, Jesus prayed the same thing three times. So there's nothing wrong with it. Do you understand? Say, tell God, help me to build, to imitate the prayer life of Jesus. Father, I beg you, help me to, help me. Even if for the whole year, you don't do anything but just work on your prayer life until you have increased it from the present average 10-15 minutes you have been doing to an average of one hour by December. You've chalked some big thing in your life. You will begin to see that things have started changing in your life. You see, some of the temptations which used to floor you, you see that they are out. Some of, you know, the Places Satan used to play uh, cricket in, in, on your, your head. You see that he has removed the, the, the bats and, and, and things like that. Because once the fire of prayer increases in your life and the life of your family, all those nyamanyama things that used to go around and misbehave, you see that they are moving. You see? This is the truth. So, we are going to pray. Everybody just call upon your God. Thank you. Please, I want to know, Jesus said that um, we shouldn't think that because of our vain repetitions, um, God hears our prayer. And then also he gave a parable in, I think, Luke 18, that um, the widow who kept going to the, yeah, to keep, um, kept taking her request. So I don't know, how do we reconcile the two? Okay. You see, the key is vain Repetition. Vain repetition. Meaning that you think that it's just by the repetition. I know some people, the whole church, somebody teaches them how to speak in tongues. So you say, oh, it's easy. You are going to, all of us are going to speak in tongues now. When I say it, say it after me. Beske. Beske lekpoi. Beske. Beske lekpoi. Is that okay? Let's go. Beske. Beske lekpoi. Beske lekpoi. Beske lekpoi. And everybody, that's what you call vain repetition. If you, if you read Acts chapter 2, verse 4 carefully, he says, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's not a vain repetition. The Spirit is giving you utterance. It's the same with when your prayer 
is a burden which was put on you by the same Spirit of God. You pray until the burden lifts. Then you know that, yeah, 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 yeah. The ball has entered the goalpost. Uh-huh. So, vain repetition is just saying the same thing over and over like these Gentiles, unbelievers do, magicians. When I say waka, say waka wa. When I say waka, waka wa. Waka, 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 waka wa. Waka. That, that's what he says, vain repetition. Are you okay? So we are going to pray. You know what? You pray for a minute on your own. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Prayer is the master key. Yes. Jesus started his ministry with prayer. He ended on the cross with prayer. Yes. Prayer. Prayer. The life of prayer. A habit of prayer. Yes. A character of prayer. A lifestyle of prayer. Building a prayer life. Copying the master. Walking in his steps. Going the way he went. Yes. Please take hold of somebody. Take hold of somebody and pray for the person. Ask that. Yes. That person's prayer life will change for the better this year. That God will will strengthen him that the holy spirit will empower him or her in that prayer prayer more prayer better prayer more christ-like prayers yes more prayer better prayer yes more like jesus more like jesus in prayer yes every hindrance every excuse to prayer be broken in the name of jesus Every resistance to a life of prayer be shattered in the name of Jesus. Yes, more prayer, more prayer, more prayer, better prayer. Yes, more Christ-like praying, more Christ-like praying, more spirit-empowered praying in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, more spirit-empowered praying, more anointed praying, more sensitivity to the leadership of the Holy Spirit more listening to God in prayer, in prayer, yes, in the name of Jesus, an increase in prayer life, yes, yes, in prayer, more prayer, more prayer, more answers to prayer, more answers to prayer, more answers to prayer, in the name of Jesus. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.